Welcome to this week's episode of Uncovered for Pole Dancers, a podcast created by pole dancers for pole dancers. I'm your host, Stephanie Quinn. Before we dive into this week's episode, I would love to give a special shout out to this week's sponsor, Pole Fitness Studios Instructor Certification Program, designed by the world's first ever pole dancing instructor, Fornia. You can find out more information about their instructor certification programs in the link in the show notes. So here we are, the 100th episode of Uncovered for Pole Dancers. It's crazy to think that we are here this far down the track at 100 episodes. I remember when Renee and I first started this, our goal was to get through to 17 episodes because most podcasts do not make it past that mark. Before we dive into this week's episode, I would really like to say thank you to every single person who has ever listened to an uncovered episode. Without you, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be able to create the content that we we can create for pole dancers. Um, and I love that we have this platform and this opportunity to share all the things that happen in the pole world with you all. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your support. Since it's almost been two and a half years, for the last two and a half years, thank you for listening to our episodes. I would love to know what's been your favourite so far. I'll put up a story this week. Um, to hear all about it and find out what you've loved about Uncovered. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all. Um, this week's episode is with an OG. I did put some stories out on Instagram a couple of weeks ago when I was preparing for this interview and nobody guessed her. So today we are talking to Fornia Monday, the world's first ever pole dancing instructor. She started teaching pole in 1994 and has since gone on to create instructor programs who, as you would have heard, who has sponsored this episode. She has a studio in Vegas with a crazy amount of room. She's done pole expo and so many other things, DVDs or VHSs. If you listen to my episode with Kaneta recently, we talked about Fornia and her VHSs that were posted because we had to kind of explain what a VHS was. So let's dive into this week's episode and find out what it is like to be the world's first ever pole dancing instructor and what the landscape was in the mid-90s and the early 2000s before pole took off and became what we know and love it to be today. Welcome back to Uncovered. Today, we are recording the 100th Uncovered episode. I'm really excited. And what makes this extra special is I am joined by the world's first ever pole dancing instructor, Fornia. Welcome to the podcast, Fornia. Yay. Thanks for having me, Steph. I'm so <laughs> excited. I, I was telling her before, she's been on my list for a while, but I was legitimately too chicken shit to reach out. So I've, I've finally done it and I think this is a really fitting episode to have you on for our 100th. So I would like to go all the way back to the beginning because I believe you started teaching pole in 94 and I might be wrong there, but tell us how did you get coined the world's first ever pole dancing instructor? Yeah, you have your history lesson correct. So I did start teaching in December 1994. And when I started teaching, um, to me, it just made so much sense. Every art form has to have an, an instructor or someone to look up to or for guidance. And when I started hitting the ground running as a stripper, I asked people, where's the school? Where's the stripping school? And they kind of laughed and looked at me like I was from another planet actually, quite frankly, but I was right out of high school and they said, you just get up there and you do it. And I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is so wrong. What is wrong with these people? It just seems like the, the most natural thing in the world. So I started the world's first school, I guess. Um, I didn't coin myself that world's first pole dancing instructor, but people kept telling me, hey, you're the first, you're the first. So when I did some research on myself and other modes of education out there, there was another company called Exotic Dance for the Everyday Woman, I think it was. It was a purple and black VHS tape. And they came out, I believe, six to 12 months after me. And they nice. focused on, I guess, the exotic dance moves. So not pole specifically, and just how to dance 
you know, sexy. But yeah, so it, it was just coined. It was just thrown on my lap. And I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Could you, and I, oh, we're going to get into this question later, but just like the short answer to, can you believe how far it's come since December, 1994? I cannot. And I think it's technology has really taken us to another level. So before when people would find me, it would either be if they searched, you know, HTTP, W, you know, they try to find the website takes two minutes to load. And then if they want to buy something, they have to wait six to eight weeks for their VHS tape to order if their check clears, you know, and just with technology now, um, you can find anyone within seconds. You know, if, if you're so-and-so Britney Spears, you could probably reach out to Madonna and get her on the phone. Well, I guess you could before as well. But nowadays we are all just little fingertip taps away and any mode of education, whether it's YouTube, it's, it's there. You can learn a fireman spin in a heartbeat. You don't have to wait for my DVD. <laughs> 100%. So when you started teaching, I assume you started teaching to the girls in the club. Was that your first, girls. first yeah. like um, business or your first students, I guess you could say? They were. And that was the, the main students I thought would want to learn. You know, I, I was one, I was one of them. And I thought, okay, there's no one here teaching me. I need to learn something so I can right away turn around and teach the next person who's going to get hired behind me. I, I didn't want anyone to feel the way I felt. My jaw was chattering and I was just nervous and sweating and I was chubby and I didn't know how to walk in heels. I, nothing, I couldn't even well, getting a tampon out with with fingernails, that was another deal that I, I had to deal with. <laughs> you might get all kinds of information out of me today. <laughs> she did but, say she was an open book before we started this. She's like, yeah. I'm an open book. I love it. I love it. The reality. <laughs> so everything was a challenge. Everything was a challenge. So I right away learned as much as I could, as quickly as I could, and started teaching in the strip clubs before they opened and would just offer to the new girls that were working the club that week. And I would just say, Hey, my name is Fania or sky as my name was at that time. And I can teach you some things if you're new. And some girls were like, awesome. I'll meet you in the club 30 minutes before it opens. And the others were like, Oh no, I'm good. <laughs> and that's okay. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Different personality types. Absolutely. When you were teaching, were you creating moves as you went or were you just seeing what was being commonly used in your club and going, okay, well, this is what I'm seeing. The more experienced girls are doing, what does that look like and how do I break that mm -hmm. down? Yeah, it was definitely a combination. I, I think I really wanted the go-to moves. So you know, your walk, your fireman, a back arch coming back up, you know, some of those fundamental beginner moves I really wanted to learn. And it took me three and a half weeks to get my booty off the ground because I was about 45 pounds heavier when I started. And I couldn't, I don't, you know, everything was new, you know, even hold the gripping strength. So I attacked the fundamentals. And then from there, I installed a pole into my spare bedroom, which I bought from a metal store. So I'm calling Capital Iron in Victoria, British Columbia, asking them if they have poles that are around two inch diameter, which is 50 millimeter, as we now know. And uh, I finally found some and I had to get the brackets and had to make my own pole. Life was so tough. <laughs> and then from there, yeah, I would just play the music and, you know, dance in the mirror and invent moves. I remember one move, I, don't, I think it might be called tabletop or something. So you hold on with your right hand, put your other arm behind you, thumb is up, holding onto the pole, leaning back onto your outside arm and lifting up the legs. And I think I've seen Yevgeny Greshelov and some of these other superstars from there go into line perfectly flat or hooking their inside leg and just doing an inside leg hang. Um, so it's come a long way, but I just messed around and now we see those tricks and way more than what I could ever dream of doing today thanks to Pink Puma and some of these incredible superstars. 100%. Yeah. And um, it would have been coming back to, sorry, coming back to the selection of the poll, even when we were talking to Kanetta Hutchins recently mm -hmm. and she was starting her studio, she was like, where do I get poles? It ended up being a furniture manufacturer that was she was talking to and one of the things they said is like what 
um, what was the word they used? Um, like, what coding do you want? And she's like, well, I don't know what, what coding we have. Like, what were the poles in the strip clubs in 94? Were they stainless steel? Were they chrome? Were they spin? Were they static? Yeah. So in Canada, where I'm from, they were all brass. Okay. Everything was brass. And so if you come to my studio in Vegas, the m- majority of the poles, I think actually all the poles in Studio One, we have five rooms and they're all brass. And I just like the way that skin connects to brass. Um, I'm not a huge sweater myself, but most people seem to like the grip. Um, and the diameter was 50s everywhere except for the penthouse. The penthouse strip club, they had two 38s, I want to say. Yeah, they must have been 38s because they were the same as Australia standard. I don't know if it still is the standard. but Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, most um, we, a lot of... The studios these days will have 45s as the predominant yeah. um, number of poles, but then we have 38s because a lot of competitions are on 38s or 40s these oh, days. Oh, I didn't know whether... 38s and 40s now. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of our comps yeah, a lot of our comps in Australia are on a skinnier pole. So studios oh. have to gen- – if they've got people who are competing, you kind of need some of them in your studio so people can practice to compete. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Especially if, yeah, we're flying down there, we have to be able to use it. And you also asked, are, am I looking at some of the moves in the club and trying to kind of gravitate to what I'm seeing in the strip club as I was growing up? Some of the moves, yes, it was attainable to do what the other girls are doing. And I notice here in the US that when you go to a club, you'll see the same sort of style of moves over and over because it's what you're exposed to. But I remember this one particular dancer. I have no idea. She must be quite old by now because I was so young back then. But her name was Stacy Stacks. And she had the coolest, uh, they weren't tattoos, they were tan lines. And her breasts were like flame tan lines, like a bikini. We all had crazy tan lines back then. That's how we made our boobs look big. Nobody got, not a few girls got their boobs done, but it was all about the tan lines. And she had this one trick. If I could like imagine what she was doing, I think what she did was she somehow climbed to the top of the pole, though the pole was short. Maybe she just did a shoulder mount. She did a shoulder mount, wrapped her legs, and then extended her upper body out right away and literally dropped and landed like in a push-up. I mean, it just blows my mind how she's not breaking her face. But some of the tricks these girls were doing back then, I don't know where the safety protocols were, but yeah, we've come a long way. (laughs) We've come a long way. And like when I was talking to you prior to jumping um, to hitting record, I started in 2012. And even since 2012, we've come such a long way. Trying to find a pole dancing studio in 2012 that wasn't in a CBD or a main city was really, really, really hard. So yeah, we've definitely come a long way. So how long between starting to teach um, the girls in the club to making the decision to create a VHS that you're going to try and sell globally? Like how long did that take? Mm-hmm. I can tell you exactly. <laughs> uh, so I write every day down. I have my whole life on paper every day before I go to sleep. So I can tell you exactly. Oh, so it was the spring of 1998. So fast forward four years and my beautiful, amazing boyfriend at the time, Jeff, he goes, you know what? I can, I can lend you a thousand dollars. I think you should make a video and then you can process this, uh, sell it on your website. I can build a site for you and let's just do this, make a video. Um, because he saw me going to the clubs every morning uh, or every Sunday to try to attract the new girls because it was a new group of girls once a week and going in there and teaching. He goes, just make a video that the world is going online now, this World Wide Web. It's the way to go. So I made a video and uh, paid him back quite quickly, which was nice. And uh, that's that's where it all came out. So Pole Work Volume 1 was, um, was shot, I want to say, two months before Dance Moves and Floor Work Volume 2. So both in that same summer. So just four yeah, years wow. after beginning, or three. three yeah, now. and did these V, do you still have copies of these VHSs? <laughs> like, hmm. You know what? I have the DVDs. I have my new yeah, that's... the remastered VHS. You know, I probably do in this trunk behind me. I don't know if you can see. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's the vault. Yep. That's the Fania oh, vault. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, did you, what were you teaching on these? Was it conditioning? Like, was it strengthening or was it tricks? Like which way, or was it a little bit of both? I would say just more into the moves and the tricks and a few transitions. At that time, we, me, myself and I, I guess, in the industry, we, when we started our class, this is quite frightening. I don't even remember if we had a warm up because we literally would go to the strip club stage. We would put on our high heel shoes. Remember how amazing you felt when you were 19. Picture yep. no injuries. The joints are ready. You don't even have a water bottle beside you. You know, like you're fearless and you're going to live forever. So we just put on our heels and we would just begin. And it wasn't until I started teaching in my living room, still in in Canada, where we do a warm up. And I started realizing, oh, my gosh, pole dancing might be a sport. I thought it was just a great career choice. And it just graduated from there. So, yeah, I would say... What year did you realize that pole dancing might be a sport? What year was that? Uh, That I don't know exactly, but I know Sheila Kelly. Do you know Sheila Kelly? S-Factor? S-Factor, yes. Okay. So Sheila Kelly created S-Factor back in the night, must be in the 90s. No, actually in the early 2000s. And when she was interviewed, she mentioned me as as a resource for learning how to pole dance which I was quite honored. She was on Oprah six times talking about pole dancing. Wow. I didn't realize she was on Oprah. Obviously she's come out a lot because of Strip Down, Rise Up, the Netflix series, which has gotten out oh, to the world. And- you still have to see that. Strip Down, Rise Up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I know when we first started the podcast, it must've come out because we did a review on it. So that must've been like early Oh, 2020, I think it came out. Mm. Okay, yeah. cool. I have homework to do. Strip down, rise up. I might ask you at the end. I know you said pen and paper to have that ready. Look at me. I just said <laughs> pen and mascara. Oh, no. So, <laughs> Where have I got You can use the mascara to write some things. <laughs> That's okay. I'm doing shorthand. So, yeah, I think it was at least five years in, maybe longer, that I realized that not only is it a great workout and I knew it was because I lost over 40 pounds in the first four months of stripping wow so I knew the power of the pole <laughs> and how much fun it was and obviously a great income that it could be whether you're a stripper or a pole dancing teacher as we are more now today but um yeah it and then it wasn't until uh, other studios would start opening up or when I started my certification program that really blew in my blew my mind like wow people are really taking this seriously yeah shocking but now I'm 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 in it I'm in it I've been doing this 28 (laughs) years I realize it's a workout it's a career it's a church it's a way to heal it is everything you've ever wanted it to be so 100% and I mean there are going to be people listening to this who were probably not even born when this when some oh what age would they be I'm just trying to like put this together. Yeah, my sister was born in 94. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and she, she's nearly 30 years for you now since teaching pole. Yeah. There's a lot of people under the age of 30. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like um, our prime dem- um, demographic is I was just trying to do the maths. I, yeah. I didn't quite do the maths before I jumped on. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy to think how much was going on there and what was happening. So when you started doing the certification program, Where were those people coming from? In the beginning, it was mainly from within the United States, and they were people that wanted to open up a studio. Or uh, Liz Schoolfield, she, oh my gosh, she's in Utah. What was the name of her studio? Studio Soiree. I think she's moved on um, to to another business. But uh, she really needed to get certified with her business partner. Um, she and a few other girls, they, we created the Pole Fitness Association, PFA. Again, this is mm-hmm. so long ago, even before Pole Convention came out and Pole Expo. But they were, they had an investor and the best investor was said, you know, get certified. We need you to have these credentials. So I really quickly wrote up a certification for them and another group, um, another girl in Florida. I don't recall her name right now. But 
yeah, the, the, the phone was ringing and I had to get this thing on paper. So I spent an entire, I think it was either a weekend or two weeks. And I just bulldozed through, wrote levels one through four. You know, a deadline is powerful and started oh, yeah. teaching it. And it's a very similar course to what I teach today. And um, I've expanded in some parts because obviously things have changed in terminology and whatnot. But yeah, when people start reaching out and repeatedly, I hear, where's your certification program? I'm opening up a business. And I'm like, wow, this, there's other people doing this too. That's really cool. So I just, I'm sort of a supply and demand kind of person, whether if I feel something as I did when I started pole dancing, I thought there's got to be other people just as freaked out about taking off their clothes in front of a bunch of strangers. <laughs> yeah. There's like the psychology behind it, which is another course. Now we have exotic dancer 101, which is a four week course and how to talk to the customers yeah. and maintain your cool. But yeah, it's kind of come full circle now. Yeah. That's crazy to think. And you're right though, in terms of you've got to, if you're feeling something, generally somebody else is thinking, feeling the same thing. So it must've been relieving to some of the girls who are like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to start this career or do this job as a, as a stripper and exotic dancer. And I'm going to hope that everything goes okay, but I can imagine it's quite scary. And we do get girls and I'm sure you do into your studio who are wanting to take that, that step but don't have the confidence just yet. So they're like, I want to come and learn some moves. Mm -hmm. And then once I've learned some moves, I want to, I want to um, enter into a club. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, last night met a new, a new girl that just moved here from California and she's working at a club right now. She's not really happy there, but she wants to move into some of the higher end Las Vegas strip clubs. So yeah, whether you're brand new or whether you want to dance for your husband or just get your self-confidence back up and your body confidence back up pole dancing something that can really change your mindset on how you view yourself or how you handle yourself in front of others 100 percent. and i attribute a lot of my own confidence in my life to pole dancing it definitely taught me a lot from appreciation of my body to just being willing to try something that i never thought i could do and then yeah. apply those same principles to everyday life. And it has helped me in my career. Well, it is now my career. But um, mm -hmm. even when I was in a corporate setting, it made me that little bit more confident to be able to walk up and talk to people who I probably wouldn't before because I'm like, well, I've done crazier shit. So like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. If they could see your night job, your day job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So when you started building this, I guess, mini pole, well, I don't know if it's such a mini pole empire, but when you started building this, were you creating a vision for the future? Like when in, you know, the late nineties and you're creating these VHSs or the certifications, were you thinking long-term of where you want pole fitness to go? Um, I, I think I had very short, I had a very um, narrow vision and it was just attacking mini goals, which mm -hmm. I didn't realize where it was headed. Now that I'm, I'm 47 now, this year I'll be 48. And I started when I was 19. But right now, now that the business is at a point where it can really grow, now I'm just like all in. I'm taking life more seriously, though it could be that I have a four-year-old. Maybe that's why. <laughs> so that will change. Becoming a mom can change things. <laughs> yeah, it's really made me slow down and do uh, more responsible things in my spare time. But I think that at the beginning, I wanted to, number one, help the girls that were starting in the strip club because they were, they had to be as nervous as I was. And most of them were, so they were so grateful. And then secondly, Oh, the idea of a VHS tape, I will do that. So I ended up making six, six or seven titles. Um, yeah, wow. can't recall exactly at the moment. That's bizarre. No, uh, it was probably seven. So, uh, and then from there, I was like, Oh, I got to move to Las Vegas. Okay. I'm moving to Vegas. So I moved here in 2005 and that's when I started uh, writing the certification program, which came out in the beginning of 2006. Um, I don't know what my next goal is, but I probably won't be opening up any more studios soon. We actually have five, um, five in the same complex. So it seems like one studio, but it's actually five separate rooms. And we are yeah. very, very busy. So 
no more studios okay. and I'm totally fine with that. It's really close <laughs> to the strip. So the West people, the East people, they can all come in the middle. Um, yeah. In terms of another expo, I ran Pole Expo for eight years and I, yeah. I don't think I'm going to open up another one anytime soon. If I do, it'll be when Raven's out of my house, which is, you know, we got 14 more years. I'm quite <laughs> happy just running the studio. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to come or if I know Cleo the Hurricane, she may come one day and offer her rock and pole studio, rock and pole yep. school that she's got. Yeah. Come and use my space. You guys can use it. Create your own expo Ooh. in my studio. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So tell for the people who have not heard of Pole Expo and they may have because I've talked about it because I went in 2017. What was Pole Expo? <laughs> or what That's is so Pole Expo? Yeah. Like, I love it. When yeah. When was the last pole expo that you've done? Mm -hmm. So we started in 2012, the year you found pole. Woo! And then the last pole expo was 2019. And Raven, my son, was like 10 months old running around the expo floor with his little scooter. Or maybe he was <laughs> in a stroller. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Pole Expo was the world's largest convention of its kind. So at the at its height, which was its fifth year, we had pole dancers and aerial enthusiasts from over 50 countries that came to Las Vegas to celebrate alternative fitness known as pole. I think I'm li literally remembering our bio. And we had, <laughs> we had workshops, seminars, a competition, a showcase, um, and everything looped into one breakfast was included, you name it, it was 150 bucks and man, you got a freaking good deal. And mm -hmm. then if you want to buy workshops, those were an additional fee, but it was just such a blast because you could literally meet someone from anywhere in the world speaking, probably no English, enjoying the same art as you. And you just have this, it's like meeting a brother or a sister. It was such a great family experience. Are you passionate about dance? Do you want to teach pole dancing or open up your own studio? My name is Fanya Mundy and I began teaching pole dancing in 1994. And my focus is helping people like you fulfill their pole dancing dreams. We all have a journey and perhaps your path is in enrolling in my pole dance instructor certification. Visit my website for more info at polefitnessstudio.com. I remember being there and being in a room for a workshop. I think it was Janine Butterfly's workshop and looking across the room and going, I know you. I don't know you, but I know you because I follow you on Instagram. And it was such a bizarre experience to have to go, I've never met you, but I do follow you on Instagram because I think you're amazing. And now we're in the same room holding mm -hmm. together. Like it's just crazy to have that experience because you feel like, you know, and I think most people feel like that with social media these days is you feel like you know somebody, but you don't necessarily. And then when you see them in real life, it's like, oh, is that that person that I follow yeah. on social yeah, media? Yeah, so wild. So wild. I remember, I remember the first Madonna concert I went to here in Vegas and I was at that time a huge Madonna fan. Like, oh my yeah. God, since I was eight years old, I would put her posters up in my maybe I was nine, uh, put posters up and everything. Oh, back in those 1983 days. And, um, yeah, I saw the concert and I'm like, I can't believe I'm breathing the same air as Madonna. <laughs> and I'm bawling my eyes out. Oh my God. So funny. Oh, that's I, I hope you didn't bawl your eyes out when you saw Janine Butterfly. <laughs> no, no. Um, um, no, I didn't. But it's at the moment in Australia, Snoop Dogg is doing his concerts and Nicole the Pole is obviously asking people like you can audition to be on stage with Snoop Dogg and they had the first one in Perth like two days ago and some of the stuff from the pole dancers that came out were like, holy shit, I'm in the same room as Snoop Dogg. So I imagine it's a very similar experience yeah. to that. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So um, when did you open your studio? What was your first um, year of operation? Well, let's see. I started teaching in 94. And then from there, from teaching in the strip clubs before they opened, I had a small studio in my living room in my apartment okay. in Canada. And I just yeah. had two little minx poles. Do you, do you ever heard of that company? I literally only heard of them recently because I had really? on and she said um, that, that I'm pretty sure she said that was the pole that she got 
for her home and it you could hide it in a fake like a fake um what do you call it smoke alarm kind so of when you take it down you could put like a it looked like a smoke alarm so oh you that's so that funny wow the things we've been hiding these days um so <laughs> we mine doesn't come with a smoke alarm it actually came with a little hook so you could hook a plant or a baby swing from it interesting yes yeah, like a little you know people would be so shy about it back then but now uh it's i think it increases the value of your home <clears throat> if you have a pole in my opinion but anyway so yeah and then when i moved to vegas in 2005 i started teaching in a pilates studio called body and mind or was it mind and body no that's the software so it was body and mind yeah. <laughs> We all know that software, but um, yep. body and mind, Nina Waldman studio. And I was there for about a year and then I just got so busy. And my ex-husband, husband at the time said, you really need a place of your own. You are busy. So yeah. we relocated to this tiny little complex that we're still in today. We moved there in 2006 in this little complex near the Palms Hotel in Las Vegas. Ah, yes. Oh, and you're still there. That's amazing. Yeah, still there. So that you, when you came, um, you might have known about the downstairs studio across the parking lot, but upstairs is maybe you've, you've heard about. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. And it was that's a well, place. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I'm trying yeah. to like remember. It's 2007. Yeah. I'm like, it feels it like such a long time ago. For sure. So now when you walk up the stairs... We've got the entire upper level. So we have studio one with 17 poles and of yep. course the lobby and the patio. Um, and then the Zen room with three removable poles. Those are little minks. We do use those. And then yep. we have 16 poles in studio two. And then another room with aerial connections for eight lira hammock um, and silks. Plus we're adding aerial pole by the time this airs, it will have been added. Uh, so that's, that's exciting. exciting. And we have our yeah. downstairs studio with no poles whatsoever. So we do our hip hop, self-defense, uh, yoga, belly dancing, and everything else. And we have kids classes now too. So exciting. Yeah, we've just tested kids classes actually. It's great to see that. I think it shows where our sport has come, that people are happy for their children to do pole. And a lot of it is parents who are pole dancers or have friends who are pole dancers. Um, I remember watching something recently where a kid was dancing. It went viral. A kid was dancing on a pole on the back of the ute. And a lot of the comments were, oh, my God, why would you let your kid dance on a stripper pole? Like, that's so bad. And I think it just is that reminder sometimes that there are still people in the world who – to us, pole dancing is so normal and there's still mm -hmm. people in the world who it's not quite normal to yet. So, and it's still That's got those true. associations. Yeah. And I, I was, I was waiting for this day to come. I was like, soon there'll be this generation, like my generation. Um, I started when I was 19. Most people, when they're 19, they're going to college or they're having babies or whatever they're doing. Maybe they're not having babies, but in Northern Canada, they are. Um, <laughs> well, when you have nothing better to do. Um, but most people are starting a professional career where they keep their clothes on. So for me, I, I dove into stripping. But I saw how beautiful pole dancing can be for your body, your mind, your soul. Forget about mm. the stripping. Just, just look at the athleticism and the challenge that you get from pole dancing. And I knew that there were people my age that will grow up, have kids. Those are the ones I'm going to have a hard time with, probably, and their parents. Because we think yeah. about pole dancing as being in the strip club, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. And it's just all strung out, drugged out strippers. But now, finally... Um, people my age are becoming grandparents. And so now the new generation are, they're seeing it in a whole nother light because maybe their mom had a pole growing up, you know, or who knows, maybe grandma did too. But finally, <laughs> finally, the majority of the world is waking up to the fact that pole dancing can be the most incredible thing you ever lay your hands on, literally. 100%. And I mean, it's been helped by the likes of Christy Sellers, who is putting it in a theatrical manner for, you know, America's Got Talent, the Super Bowl, those types of things as well. So I think that type of um, 
what do you call it? That type of publicity is definitely helping people. Even S Factor, when they did the Netflix documentary, those things are helping show the positives that come from, and not to say that pole doesn't have its positives regardless of when it was in the clubs. Like you said, when you were doing it, you were losing weight, you loved it. It was, it was making you feel good. So it's good to see that. I guess it's getting a little bit more mainstream. Is that probably the best way to? explain that i'm like how do i summarize this? yeah it's becoming more mainstream by the minute i feel like yeah absolutely every day every hour around the world someone is trying their first pole dancing class you know everywhere it's it. so exciting it's very exciting so coming back i mean staying on this topic what were people's responses when you were telling them in the 90s that you were teaching pole dancing like how did people mm-hmm. respond to that um, the majority of the people that I told were strippers because I thought that would be the only crowd that would care. But there was a time when I was getting these emails from women that were not strippers and they said, Hey, I would love to learn <clears throat> how to dance, but I don't have a pole. So around that time, Little Minx came out with poles and that they actually created one of the world's first poles, actually. Yeah, uh, I wow. believe, I don't know what year I got mine, but it was a long time ago. Oh gosh, that is such a good question. I will have to follow up with you on that. But yeah, around that time, I know I made that DVD, I think around the year 2000 um, or so, but I remember, now I've totally forgot the question. How about that? <laughs> um, how, I'm like, oh, what, what was the question? How, what were people's responses like when you would tell them that you were teaching pole in the nineties or even the early two thousands? Cause I know I started in 2012 and telling people I was pole dancing at yeah. that point was still would get a reaction. Yeah, no, you know what? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And even today, everywhere I go, I have business cards in my right pocket and anyone I meet, I will always give them two cards, no matter what. Mm. They'll always bring, bring a friend. And I, um, nowadays the response is, oh my God, I was just talking about this with my friend, Lisa, we got policy classes. So that's usually <laughs> their response now. But back then, pole dancing, oh my God, is that you? Are you doing this? Are you doing, oh, you're doing this on the pole? Oh. <laughs> so that was the response then. And they would say, oh my gosh, I am not flexible or I, I'm not, I'm not going to be into stripping, you know, whatever, but it doesn't matter what they think because they only think this way because of the information that they've been exposed to, whether they've Mm. wanted to not be exposed to new information or not. Um, But yeah, we've, we definitely come a long way, like leaps and bounds. We've done a 180. One, yeah, 100%. And yeah, I just, I think like you said, technology has definitely helped us do that because we can get a bigger reach now um, and people can see it on, you know, a mm-hmm. YouTube video of how easy or not easy, but what the movements look like or what they might experience or, mm-hmm. you know, they can do tours. You, We have a video for our studio where you walk through and you can do a tour and you can see see what it looks like um so yeah, you, you also get have a free class you have a free class page on your site. yes yeah we do That's so we have cool. a free class so people can trial it and I know I was part of studio owner groups and people like oh no they're not the right people you want to attract a free class but it if people have it and they have a good experience and it might not be for them they might still share that with somebody else who might mm-hmm. be interested as well so um giving them a free class to come in and what's the worst thing that can happen they can try it and go not for me and at least I've tried it or they can try it and love it and then they're a paying customer and from a business perspective creating really good experiences uh, is what we're trying to achieve right so absolutely and when I went on your website this morning I was like let me just check out this website what's going on here and uh, the first (laughs) thing yeah I want to investigate the first thing I saw was free class and I'm like free class like even I got got my I was excited so I clicked on that (laughs) Um, so I think it's a fabulous idea. I might even be copying that idea here in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> mm, interesting. I love it. I yeah. love it. Um, so what have been some of your biggest challenges since becoming a pole dancing instructor, pioneer, studio owner? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest challenge is changing the business name. So when I was in Canada, I used Skyline Services, 
which I didn't even know I needed a business license. I mean, this is so, I was so embryotic back then. I didn't know what was going on. So I went from Skyline Services and then I had another website called Exotic Dance Lessons and then Exotic Dance School. And then I moved down to Vegas and everything was fitness, fitness, not exotic, not pole mm. dancing. It was fitness. So I started Pole Fitness Studio. So what I, oh, I know exactly what I've learned. If you are married, <laughs> be very aware of starting a new LLC because your partner has rights to that. Depending on the state or country that you're in, it can become community property. So if you get a divorce, that person gets 50%, no matter how much you spend on a good attorney. And I've learned that oh. lesson the hard way with Pole Fitness Studio and Pole Expo. And I'm still paying today. <laughs> oh, God. So they yeah. have got rights to half of your Half your, of it. Half of it. Yeah. So, yeah, my boyfriend and I, we are just king and queen. I can't find my ring at the moment, but it's okay. It's just a $35 <laughs> ring from a, um antique store in Boulder City. No big deal. But we're just, yeah, don't don't get married because you think you have to get married. And I mean, maybe that's fun for the experience, but be aware of the business side of that contract, which is your marriage certificate. Yeah. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and I think it's slightly different to in Australia. Um, I'm trying to think of how we've, mine's is set up and we have what is called a trust. Um, and oh. my partner is on the trust um, because okay. he is, um, anyway, I'm like, we probably don't need to go into business, but apparently it doesn't look good in Australia if you have a trust and you're the sole beneficiary. So I'm the beneficiary of everything the business makes. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are the director of the business as well. So they recommend you put somebody else on it. So where oh, the, yeah, anyway, the legalities of opening businesses is uh, interesting. I definitely, yeah. I was really lucky as I was opening my business, I was doing I've done my master's of business administration and I was in my law subject of that at the time that I was opening my business. So going through all of that and being able to apply it directly to my studies. was Yeah, um, that's really cool. I just yeah, opened the trust um, not too long ago, I would say just a few months ago, because I realized now that I, like cause my business is in a very serious level at the moment. And I feel like, oh man, and I have a kid. If something happens, I don't want it just to sit until he's 18 or 21 and then he finally gets it. And what left of it so yep. yeah I just wrapped everything up put it in a little bow it's in a trust and we're all good to go so I think if you um, do have a family or if you have a business that seems to be doing well or um, a Ferrari paid off or a A8 paid off they're just only, <laughs> well, we don't care about your car unless you have an A8 paid off then that can account because <laughs> cars wow. are not an asset like, no. oh. interesting yeah. so that um so recovering from that, I assume it's been challenging. But like you said, your business is obviously in a very good space right now. It, it could have been space. a make or break. It, yeah, but I would never, ever stop teaching pole dancing. Yeah. Never. I mean, you can imagine you right now trying to get a good job at Starbucks. Forget it. Um, yeah. Not that we don't love Starbucks sometimes, but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say, um, oh, I almost had a really good reply. So your question, uh, my thought, um, this is why you have the pen and paper. I'm getting what it. What was now. I saying? I was saying something along the lines of you, it was obviously a big lesson um, and it could have made or break, made or Oh, business, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So my ex-husband, I had to start, I had to resume my payments. So right when I quit, uh, when I stopped running Pole Expo, I also stopped paying him his business buyout and alimony. And I don't think I'm under a confidentiality agreement regarding this settlement. So I think we're okay. So okay. <laughs> um, at the time I went to the owner of the complex. So I have, um, I'm in the strip mall where the studio is located. And I said to the owner of the complex, I said, I'll call him Bob. I said, Bob, I need to make money. <laughs> I have to come up with more money for the next three, four years, whatever it is. And what should I do? Because I'm sick of taking out loans. I'm sick of this, sick of that. He goes, you need to have a membership sale. And he made reference to a yoga studio up in Utah that he knew the guy. And he just had killer sales randomly every month. And it would bring in, say, an extra 20, 30, 40 members every month. And so when those members are on reoccurring billing and it compounds because you're getting 
30 members, 60 members, 90 members, and it's all reoccurring. When you start doing some math, the numbers add up so freaky deaky fast. And ever since then, yeah, I've gotten a lot more creative, um, increased the social media presence. I know that you have highlights in your Instagram, mm. just everything. You didn't give me the highlight idea, but just looking around all the big businesses, I've really opened up my eyes. Like, where can I learn from every person, from every studio, from every ad on TV, even on the radio? And just be like, how can I apply that to the studio? But the main thing is the sale, having a membership sale, or in your case, having that one hour a week for students to come for free. Mm. And it gets them in the door. And I mean, mm -hmm. our product and our experience of which we create is so unique and generally on point. So we do get a lot of people sign up from those free classes and it's That's figuring great. out who, who our clientele is. But I love that you share that you look at everything and go, okay, what are these businesses doing and how can I apply that to poll? Because I think that's what's helping poll grow is we've got more people who are starting to think like that. And they're the people whose studios are becoming really successful or businesses are becoming successful because our industry is still so young and mm -hmm. there's still so many gaps that exist. I think we have to remember we're still, still quite niche, but there are so many gaps that exist. So there's so many business opportunities that still are there and like, you know, online pole dancing classes, which is no different to the DVDs, um, free mm -hmm. internet, but that's another way that new people can enter without having the capital to start studios. Cause I think generally speaking, it was like, oh, come pole dancing instructor, then I'll become a studio owner. But there's so many more opportunities now. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Completely in agreement. And I think if you, if you only limit yourself to talking to people, that um, say you only want to listen to Anthony Robbins. I don't know, just a name off the top of my head. Everyone has something to teach you. And truly, every time I teach a class, I learn something, whether it's a mistake someone made, but it's a cool mistake. And I'm like, you know what? That just invented a new move or that's going to help me understand better the body mechanics on how to create a modification. So there's no such thing as knowing it all, whether you're on the teacher side, the business owner, the web admin, it doesn't matter. We are so constantly learning. 100%. And to um, polish that off, what has been your biggest win since teaching pole? My biggest win regarding pole biggest win. I don't know. I'm just still, I'm still teaching. So I feel like a winner. <laughs> You're still here. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still alive. I've been through a lot. I put my body through a lot. Um, I didn't even do anything on the left side for the first 12 years. So I have yeah. an extremely sore elbow on the right side. And often oh. I do feel it. So I highly recommend train your left side and your right side, people. Don't be <laughs> like me. Um, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still in it to win it. I'm not Charlie Sheen, but I am still winning. <laughs> Yay. And um, That's so good. I'm, I'm so happy to still be dancing. And I honestly feel like as long as I can stand, I'll probably be teaching. Yep. Love yeah. it. Well, you learn so much. And like you said, in a classroom, you watch somebody do something and whether it's a little mistake or that creates a new modification, you then start to learn how to teach better and how to communicate it better. So Pete, you don't necessarily have to be so hands-on or being able to demonstrate everything. It's after teaching yeah. for so long, you learn how to teach without having to break down every movement while you're in the movement necessarily. Oh, absolutely. Actually, right before I went to Australia, I think I went there. Oh, Jamila would know. Um, and I have her tattooed on my back, by the way. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. In you what move? No. Um, I'll just take off my shirt, shall I? So um, <laughs> she's in an inside leg hang. I might be called uh, Descending Angel. I'm not quite sure. But, oh, or maybe it's. I really can't recall, but it's just an inside leg thing. Can you see it okay? No, I'll stand up a little bit. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, amazing. Thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so good. good old Jamila. Um, so I went to Australia. I want to say it was 2010, maybe, but okay. my right elbow and wrist, maybe my shoulder as well 
but I can't recall, but definitely my elbow and my wrist. I could not use it. I couldn't hold a fork. I couldn't do open and close my hand. Nothing. Wow. It was done. So I went to active muscle release therapy and I had treatments, I want to say three times a week. And yeah. after six weeks, which was my deadline, because I had a flight to catch and teach, um, it was fixed. So ever since then, I've learned you got to respect the body, do both mm-hmm. sides, have a proper warm up. Um, but yes, I got very good at describing what I wanted the students to do because I could yep. not use my right side. And so, yeah, it's really, really important to just respect your body, people. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> crazy how far we've come and even um, the amount of research that is now being done on pole and we have dedicated pole physios, we have dedicated um, pole chiropractors. It's, could you ever imagine that this was going to be the industry that you were starting back in 94? No, no, I could not. And I always thought growing up, how do these people make billions of dollars because they invented the paperclip. Why couldn't I invent a paperclip? Oh, <laughs> the, little, the little glowy thing on the roads that separate, you know, it's a dollar per or a, a penny per glowy thing or whatever, the light. So I thought, yeah. what, what, what am I going to do? What's my legacy going to be? And a little did I know when I started stripping, I think it was uh, October 9th was my first show, Little did I know. <laughs> so I'm so what glad. What you were so, starting. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad and so honored. But I'm also thought this is such a no brainer. Like I'm, I was so passionate about pole dancing. I didn't tell my mom that I became a stripper when I did because I didn't want her to freak out. But she somehow found out. She called me. She's like, <laughs> Louise, because that was my that is my middle name. And I went by Louise forever. And my mom still calls yeah. me Louise. So Louise. I heard you're stripping. Are are you on drugs? <laughs> no. And I didn't even drink coffee back then. I do now. So I guess I'm on a drug at the moment. Coffee. Um, and then she said, are you prostituting? I have to sound like an old lady. I'm like, no, mom. You should come see my show. Come. Yeah. Because it was quite theatrical. It wasn't, um, it's a little bit more showgirl style. I think I was reading that you would put on 18 minute theatrical performances. 18 minute shows. And I loved, like when I competed, I would do uh, two themes. So I would be a cop turning into a robber or an angel turning into a devil. And I also had Spider-Man with my thingy spraying. It didn't spray very good. Um, (laughs) I, I had just so much fun. I had 28 theme costumes when I quit. It was Halloween every day. I loved it. Love it. So much fun. And so when she came down to Monty's in Victoria at the time and saw me, and it is nude, it's fully nude. I think Australia is too. Yeah, in in the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Look, it depends how I've definitely been to some that. Um, you know, if they do take, um, their panties or their G-string off, it's very last minute, but generally speaking, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Now I'm trying to think back to the last time I was in a strip club and what they were doing. I definitely, (laughs) yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I'll have to come back to you on that one. If I, please do. We'll have a follow-up for the 200s. So do Australia, yeah, do Australian strippers, are they new? (laughs) Yeah. I've got to, I'm, yeah, I'll have to ask a few girls that I know. Yeah, but I remember my mom feeling like, like I could see her. No, I actually didn't see her. I kept my eyes off of her, but the waitress said I was watching your mom and she was not looking too happy during the dance. But then when she saw you got an encore, you could see her kind of like, yeah, that's my girl. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. How good. How amazing. Um, and when you started doing this more and more, did she get more supportive as she went? She did. And she saw that I took it so obsessively seriously. Um, I, I lived for pole. Uh, every time I returned back to Victoria, which was one week out of every month, because we would travel on the seventh day. It was like, yeah. 
make earth and rest on the seventh day. So <laughs> yeah, we would be in a different city in Canada every, every Sunday. And so I'd come back to Victoria and yeah, all I could think was, do I have a new song, a new pole move, a new costume? Do I, can I, am I more flexible? Like you name it, I was in it to win it. And my grandma, she, at one point, I had a picture of myself. I guess she found a promo picture. I'll send it to you. It doesn't even look like me. I'll have to yeah. find it somewhere. So much makeup. I remember that makeup took two hours to do in that photo shoot. And she had me up in her hallway, one of my stripper photos. And it's just a headshot. I look totally different. And she goes, you know, I'm really proud of what you've done. It's really good business that you've created. She said, Aww. yeah, so that was really Beautiful. nice. She was a hard working, hard work, working woman. Oh my God. She was yeah. in charge of everything like women's groups and the church. And she kind of did taxes though. She messed me up one year, but she was <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> it's like, thanks grandma. Yeah, <laughs> That is amazing. And I, I do know my mom has, um, when I did my first competition, I, I remember her line to me was, I'm so proud of you. This is the first sport you've ever stuck to for longer than a minute. And I'm like, <laughs> I love mom. that. And I'm glad she oh. called it a sport. She called it a sport. That's great. She did. Yeah. Like my mom, the, my first ever experience for pole dancing was, um, I'm on my second marriage, but my first marriage, it was my hen's night. I was 21 and we went and did a, a hen's party and my mum came and she gave it a crack at the time. And my mum's oh. since done pole once or twice. I convinced her to do it when I was at my old studio. And then when I brought this studio in 2020, she signed up for the first term. I'm like, mom, you have to come support me. <laughs> so she oh, got a membership so and signed up for the term, which was pretty amazing. So she did sign yeah. up for classes. Yeah, she did. She did a term of classes um, and then work got busy. And yeah, so she's done pole dancing classes. Everybody in my family, um, so both my sister, uh, my younger sister has definitely done it and she got into it more than me at one point and she worked for me when I brought the business. Um, but my older sister has never done it. So and we can't mm-hmm. convince her. So I'm like, okay, that's yeah. fine. We'll let you, yeah, you, you know, do you over there. X-Pole made a shirt. X-Pole made a shirt that says, I like to watch. Yeah. So maybe that's for your sister. Yeah, maybe that is for my sister. I should uh, get that one out. So um, thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have anything you want to share before we wrap up this this episode, this history lesson on Paul? Yeah, history lesson. Well, just a quick piece of, I guess, inspiration. Uh, When I was making, when I was running Pole Expo like crazy, I think it was the fifth year, my aunt came down. Um, and she, at that time, I think was 71, 72. And she met Greta Pontarelli, who's great. And she's a little bit older than the rest of us. And she was so inspired by Greta. So she started pole dancing in Canada and she danced for one year at the age of 72. She gave it her all. I will send you that photo. Um, and back in her prime, in her prime, she was one of the top 10 basketball players in Canada when she was a, I guess a teenager or in her young, early twenties. An adolescent, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Go girl. So if you think it's too late, as long as you can walk and maybe if you can't walk, I'm always up for the challenge. Um, (laughs) I I don't think I can teach uh, in a wheelchair. It's kind of a challenge, but I remember in the very beginning, I did teach someone with a prosthetic leg, um, one arm. We know that's very possible. If you Google one arm pole dancer, it's very easy to find. Yeah. Uh, so I just want everyone to realize that it's never too late to pole dance or try something new or even just to start a workout. If you're not working out, the 60 or 70 or 80 version of you is going to be a little upset. So get off your ass. <laughs> I love it. I love the yes. the mic drop there. Get up your ass. You yeah. got this. You got this. Yes. You can do it. You can I do wanna, it. You can do it. And Pole is such an amazing place. And we've come so far and there really is something for everybody these days. It's It has so many variations of it that exist now. So Thank you so, so, so much for joining us for our 100th episode. Um, if people want to come find you on social media, where is what is your Instagram handle? Where is the best place to look for you? 
sure. My new account, because of course I was one of the deleted ones. My new account is <laughs> officially Fanya on Instagram and on Facebook. I have a couple accounts, but they're both me. Uh, they're Fanya Mundy. And then my company is Pole Fitness Studio. Yay. Thank you so much. Go check her out if you haven't already. If you're not following her, go see what amazing things she's been doing. And if you love this, oh, there we go. There's a, is that t-shirt or a jumper? It's jumper. Yeah, this is the outfit I whipped off. (laughs) I I love pole dancing. Yeah. And that's, that's me. Is that you? Wow. I love it. Thank you. Our next Vegas trip, we'll have to, um, I am trying to convince my husband on an America trip because I have a friend in Colorado I want to go visit. So uh, she's just had a bum. So next Vegas trip, I'll have to uh, definitely come out and see Let's do a pinky swear. Yeah, pinky pinky swear. swear. There we go. Yay. And then Ross (laughs) can't say no. Yes. It can be busy. I can go, I can go traveling podcasting. That would be pretty amazing actually. Mm. Yes. You're, yeah, it happens a lot. It does. Now, I just I'll did down to... the rabbit hole. I don't know if you've ever heard of, of this beautiful, um, voluptuous. Anyway, we could get into it, but her podcast is down the rabbit hole and I just worked with her last month, but now she's on the road. So Ooh, come to I Vegas, bro. Yes. Okay. Doing it. It's happening. Guys, if you love this 100th episode of Uncovered, please take a screenshot, share it, tag it with your pole sisters or your pole, uh, your pole fam. We would love to get this episode out and let everybody know where pole dancing started, how it started. And it's a little bit of a history lesson. So thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye everybody.